How about them Cowboys? I, I watched the game this past Sunday after church, and I saw Greg Zerline make that 56-yard game-winning field goal kick just as the clock was running out, and the Cowboys won their first game of the season. Now, of course, there was a pitada on Southmost. Now, if you are not from Brownsville, this is a spontaneous parade that breaks out on Southmost Boulevard whenever the Cowboys win a game. And it is so exciting. I mean, the, the, the enthusiasm is contagious. You can't help just honk your horn and cheer along with them, even if you're not a Cowboys fan. Why is that? Because we were made to express our love and our joy. It's contagious. The Bible calls this worship. What is worship? Worship is expressing love to God through every area of my life. You and I were made to worship. Now, I am not saying that the people in that parade were worshiping the cowboys. Not all of them, anyway. And there's nothing wrong about cheering on your football team and throwing a parade when they win a game. But what I'm saying is this. God wants that same love and joy and excitement for him. This is why we exist. Now, every week for the past five weeks, I've been sharing why we as a church exist. And I want you to say this with me, our BCF purpose statement. Let's say this together. We exist to invite those who don't usually go to church and to help them become fully transformed followers of Christ. This is why our church is here. But you may be wondering, what is a fully transformed follower of Christ? What does that look like? Well, that's what we've been talking about in our series, Game Plan. God's game plan for our life. When first we had the kickoff. And when the kicker catches that ball, they have to connect with their team. Otherwise, they're going to get squashed. God wants you and me to connect with his family. Today at 4 o'clock, we're going to have our class 101. And we're going to share how you can find a family who will love you and care for you right here at BCF Church. I want you to be here this Sunday, this afternoon, 4 o'clock. Well, then, in order to move down the field to the 50-yard line, we have to grow in our relationship with Jesus. We have to get to know him better. Today at 4 o'clock, we're going to have class 201. And we're going to share how you can overcome some of your habits. How do you develop the habits that are going to help you get to know Jesus better? That's today at 4 o'clock. Then... You need to take the ball onto the opponent's side of the field. We use our gifts, our talents, our passions, and our experiences to serve in God's church. Today in class 301, we're going to share how the passions God has given you, how you can use those to find the most exciting, fulfilling life ever. That's today at 4 o'clock. I want you to be here. And then we cross the end zone, touchdown. We exist to introduce our world to Jesus. We share our story. 
We invite others to come and get to know Jesus. Come meet the one who changed our lives. And today, in class 401, we're going to show you how to share your story. Now, that's today right here. What time? Four o'clock. You've been paying attention. I want you to be here. It is not too late to register. You can register through your church center app, or you can scan that QR code. It's not too late. We're going to have childcare for five, ages five and under. We're going to have a meal together. It's going to be an awesome time, and it's all free. And free is good. That's right. I want you to be here. But there's one final purpose God has for our lives, and that purpose is for us to worship. Worship is expressing love to God through every area of my life. Worship is our goalpost. Because this is what we're aiming towards. No matter where you are on a football field, whether you're in the huddle, whether you're about to get tackled, you look up, you see the goalpost, and you know that's where I'm going. This is what we're aiming at. This is why we exist. We were made to love God. Now, I'd like you to take out your notes. I want you to follow along with me. Ephesians 1, verse 5. For those of you watching online, thank you so much for joining us today. We have these notes available online. Just your host will post some links in the chat. I want you to read this. Ephesians 1.5, the Bible says, God had already decided through Jesus Christ, he would make us his sons and daughters. This was his pleasure and purpose. Underline that, pleasure and purpose. You were planned for God's pleasure. You were made to make God smile. What is worship? Worship is making God smile. Worship is more than music. Maybe you heard someone say, hey, I love the time of worship they had at the beginning before the pastor came up and started talking. No, this whole entire service is worship. When you're listening to God's word, when I share God's word with you, we are both worshiping together. Worship is more than a type of music. If I tell Siri, hey Siri, play some worship music, she'll put on a playlist of some Christian songs, good songs. But worship is more than a type of music. What is true worship? Jesus said, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Underline that, spirit and in truth. I worship God in my spirit, my innermost being, and I worship him in truth, knowing the truth about God. It's more than a feeling. Now, I put worship as the goalposts on our diagram, but in reality, worship is the entire field. Because if I'm connecting to God's family, I'm worshiping. If I'm growing, if I'm getting to know Jesus better, and I'm giving, and I'm reading his word, I'm worshiping. If I'm serving, I'm loving others, I'm serving in his church, I'm worshiping. If I introduce people to Jesus Christ, that is worship. Worship is the entire field. It's expressing love to God in every area. But worship is more than just spiritual things. Did you know you can worship God while pushing a lawnmower? Did you know you can worship God while washing dishes? 
It has to do with our attitude. If I'm pushing that lawnmower and I'm saying, God, thank you so much that I have a lawn to mow. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for this beautiful weather. Didn't we have beautiful weather this last week? We're saying, God, thank you for that. As you're washing your dishes, you say, God, thank you that we had food to eat today. Thank you for running water. Thank you for indoor plumbing. It's an act of worship. Here's what the Bible says. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Underline that, every detail. Every detail of your life is an act of worship. You can love God no matter what you do. Now, as long as you have the right attitude and as long as you're not doing something God said not to do. Like, I cannot be worshiping God while stealing a car. Like, but, but God, I put on Christian radio. No, that's not worship. Worship is expressing love to God, doing the things he's told me to do. Here's the amazing thing about the God who created the entire universe. He loves you. You, individually. And God wants you to love him back. Someone asked Jesus, Jesus, what is the most important thing God wants from us? And this is what Jesus said. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Jesus said, this is the most important thing to God. More than anything else, God wants you to love him with everything you have. How do we do that? Today, I want us to break that down. I want us to look at how do we love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. First, Jesus said, love God with all your heart. Now, we tend to think of our heart as emotional. But in Bible times, the heart was the source of decision-making. It was the source of your will. In my heart is where I would decide things. And God says, I want you to love me with your decisions. How do you do that? You bring the Holy Spirit into your decisions. Let God guide your decisions. If you've invited Jesus Christ into your life, he sends his Holy Spirit to live in your heart. Now, we hear the world say, listen to your heart. That's not what I'm saying. Your heart can lie to you. Listen to the Holy Spirit with your heart. What does that look like? Last week, Pastor Kenny shared with you about a missionary we support, Claudia Adame. She's part of E3, and E3, through E3, we have sent BCF members all around the world to share the good news of Jesus. But in the past few months, E3 has been looking at how to reach the situation here on our southern border. How can they reach the migrants that are trying to cross into our country? Now, whether or not, whatever your belief is on about whether or not they should be here, the truth is they are here. And God has called us to love them. God has called us to love the poor, to love the foreigner. So an opportunity came up three weeks ago for my wife Gianna and I to cross over the border into Reynosa to visit the migrant camp. And we felt a little bit like, like scouts, scouting out the territory to see what can we as a church do. 
Now, I had not been in Mexico for over 12 years, ever since the cartel violence got really bad. And so, as we were thinking about going into Mexico, I was, I was a little nervous. One of the pastors on our team, Juan Salinas, he said, I don't know, bro, you're really white. <laughs> and so, I'm saying, God, what do you want me to do? So my wife and I, we said, well, let's pray. And we said, God, give us your direction. Let, guide us in this decision. If you want us to go, give us peace. And if not, take away that peace. Well, though I was nervous, both Gianna and I sensed God's peace. And so we sensed God saying, go. And for the first time in 12 years, we crossed the bridge into Mexico. And it, it felt a little like coming home. Right across the border, we met up with a Reynosa native, Osvaldo. That's him in there, the hat with the Mexican flag. He's been uh, discipling. He's been training these two men from Honduras to share their faith. And so we went with them to this park that's turned into a tent city. And we met with Honduran Christians, believers, and we shared a Bible story with them. And they asked them, okay, what did you learn from this story? And my wife and I were able to be there, able to pray, and we saw this precious lady, Lucy, pray and give her life to Jesus Christ. I am so glad we listened to the Lord. By the way, next month, we're going to have an opportunity for some of you to go with us into Mexico. And we're going to tell you more about that in coming weeks. You know, something like this happened in the Bible. Paul, he was traveling all around the Middle East telling people about Jesus. And he and a group of men, they said, let's go to Turkey and tell them about Jesus. But the Bible says this. The Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. That's modern-day Turkey at that time. Then coming to the border of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. This is another part of Turkey. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. I want you to underline, the Spirit prevented. The Spirit of Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit living in their hearts told them, don't go there. Did not give them peace about going. Now, they could have said, but Holy Spirit, we're trying to do a good thing. We're trying to tell people about Jesus. We're going to go anyway. But they didn't. They brought God into their decisions. The Bible says that night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with them, come over to Macedonia, northern Greece, come and help us. It's not that God didn't want to reach the people in Turkey. It's that God said, I have people I need you to reach in Greece right now. When God says no, he always has a better yes. Ask God, the Holy Spirit, God, what do you want me to do? Don't listen to your heart. Listen with your heart to the Spirit. Maybe for weeks you've been hearing us talk about class day, today at 4 o'clock. And you've been sensing, hey, I need to go. I need to get connected to this church. Or I need to go to the next class. I want to learn more. That's this Holy Spirit speaking to you. 
Now, maybe you've, you've thought, well, you know, I, I really need to rest today. I've got work the next day. Or I really want to catch the game. Guys, the Cowboys aren't even playing today. <laughs> Listen to the Spirit. Come today. Give the Holy Spirit the right to make those decisions. Love God with all your heart. Let God guide your decisions. Second, love God with all your soul. Now, this is where our feelings come in. This is the center of our emotions. And he's saying, God, I want God to be in control of my emotions. Don't let your feelings tell you what to do. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a person. It feels right, but its end is the way that leads to death. Don't do what feels right. Do what is right. Can you imagine in a football game if all the players just did whatever felt right? Like you're running down the field and you know, this feels far enough to me. I'm going to call this a touchdown. It's like, bro, that's the 50-yard line. Sorry, you got to keep going. Or like, I know these are the boundaries, but I want to cross over the boundaries and take the ball with the cheerleaders. No. Or maybe even worse, I really don't like this guy. I'm going to grab his face mask and shake it. We would hate that. We hate watching a football game when the refs are not holding the players accountable. You know, God has given us a rule book, his word, the Bible. God has given us a referee, his spirit living in our hearts. His Holy Spirit blows the whistle in our heart and says, hey, your emotions are offside here. That way you spoke to your kids, that's, that's out of bounds. Uh, you got off to a false start with your wife this morning. You need to make that right. There are times when you and I don't feel love for God. How do we love God with our emotions? Bring your emotions into check with the truth. This is what Jesus did. Right after Jesus was baptized, he's 30 years old, and the Holy Spirit sent him into the wilderness for 40 days to fast and pray. Fast means going without food. And at the end of those 40 days, Jesus was able to stand up to the worst temptation Satan could throw at him. And Jesus said this, get out of here, Satan, for the scriptures say, circle that, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus said, not what I feel, what God's word says. We as a church are going to fast and pray too. Starting next Sunday, October 3rd, we're kicking off our fall spiritual growth series, Amen, 40 Days of Prayer. Now to prepare our hearts, this coming Thursday, September 30th, we're going to have a day of prayer and fasting. I want you to hear more about it from Nathan Brorson, our prayer coordinator for our campaign. Hey, BCF family, it's Nathan. I'm the prayer coordinator for this upcoming Amen 40 Days of Prayer campaign. And I'm just here to announce to you today that we are having a church-wide day of fasting and prayer on September 30th. So what that looks like is on September 30th, we are going to fast one meal out of our day, be it breakfast, lunch, or dinner, 
and we're going to take that time just to pray to God and see how he can help us connect more deeply in prayer and just more deeply with each other during this campaign. Love y'all. Can't wait to do that with y'all. God wants us to worship him in spirit and truth. Worship him with all your heart, your decision-making. Worship him with your emotions. Bring those emotions into check with the truth. And third, God says, I want you to love me with all of your mind. Now, honestly, for me, this one is the hardest because my mind tends to wander. And I could be sitting on the couch and I'll be staring off into space, look like I'm deep in thought. And my wife will ask me, what are you thinking about? He's thinking deep thoughts. Nothing. I'm thinking absolutely nothing. Women don't believe this. Men can think absolutely nothing and still breathe. And this is impossible for women because they constantly think about everything. My mind wanders. Sometimes I'm thinking about nothing. How do I love God with all my mind? Focus your thinking on Scripture. Think God's thoughts. Focused thinking means I'm consciously choosing to think about God's thoughts. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3 says, Oh, the joys of those who delight in the law of the Lord. That's the Bible. Meditating on it day and night. They prosper in all they do. I think I can speak for all of us when I say we all want to prosper in all we do, right? I don't think there's anyone here who says, you know what, I just want to fail. I want to fail at everything I do. No, we want to prosper. And God says, if you want to do this, meditate. Circle that word, meditating. That simply means focused thinking. Meditate day and night. You know, this is what I do before I come and speak to you. As I'm preparing, I'm thinking about what am I going to say? I spend time and I walk around our church property. We have these beautiful trail around our property. And I say, God, you said love you with all of our heart. What does it mean to love you with all my heart? Love you with all my soul. God, what does that look like? Love the Lord with all my mind, with all my strength. And I think through it. And I'm saying, God, this is important to you. You said this to us. What are you trying to tell us? Focused thinking. This next month during Amen, 40 Days of Prayer, we are going to focus our thinking on God's thoughts. We have these beautiful, full-color prayer journals. We have these, and I want every one of you to get your hands on one of these. And it has each day for 40 days a Bible verse to think about. And it has questions to help focus your thinking on that Bible verse. It has a place for you to take your notes Sunday morning at church. It has a place for your small group lesson. I want every one of you to get one of these to so focus your thinking. Now, these will only be available in our BCF small groups. So I want every one of you to get connected to a small group. It's in our small groups we find family. We find lifelong friends. I was talking to a friend this past week. He said, the only way I survived the pandemic is I was in touch with my friends from my small group every day. Now, his small group started years ago, 
He's still in touch with all of those friends. I want every one of you in a group. Now, in order for that to happen, we need about 50 more small groups. So if you have ever hosted a group before, if you have ever been in a small group before, if you have thought about hosting a small group, please listen to God. Host a small group. Let us know on your connection card. I want to host a small group, and we will be in touch with you this week. We're actually going to have a training here this coming Thursday at 6.30. God wants you to focus your thinking. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your decisions, with all your soul, with all your emotions, with all your mind. Focus your thinking on God's thoughts. And then love the Lord your God with all of your strength. Use your time and energy to build God's kingdom. Jesus said, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. God is unstoppably building his church. And his church is not a building. His church is people. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is where God rules in our hearts. He's building his kingdom. Here's my question for you. Whose kingdom are you building? How do we know? How do we know whose kingdom we're building? Where are you spending your time, your money, and your energy? What are your priorities? Now, typically, this is what my priorities could look like. You know, first it's me. You know, what do I want? What do I want to do? What's going to make me happy? What are my hobbies, my interests? And then, you know, it's my job, so I can pay for all my hobbies. And then, it, then you know, if I have time, it's my family. And if I've got time left over for my job, then I'm going to pour all my time into my kids' extracurriculars. And then, if I have some time on Sunday morning, I'll give God, you know, maybe half an hour. This is so typical, and it's backwards. It is backwards of what will make us truly happy. Jesus said, seek first, circle that first, seek first God's kingdom and what God wants, and all your other needs will be met as well. Jesus said, this is going to bring you joy. This is going to bring you peace. Here's what my priorities should look like. First, it's God. What does God want me to do? God, what do you want? I want to build your kingdom. God, show me. And then it's my family. Love God, love people. Love the people God has put in front of me. That's my family. And then it's my job so I can provide for my family. And then... I go last. I go last? Yes. But Jesus said, if you put God's kingdom first, I'll take care of you. Now that's easy to say, yes, I believe that, but are you living it? How do you know if you're loving God with all your strength? Where are you spending your time? And it's easy to fall into the wrong patterns. You know, I come home from work and I'm exhausted and the last thing I want to do is spend time with my kids who just want to see their daddy. 
And they want to go jump on the trampoline, and I'm like, I'm exhausted. And then they finally go to bed, and then it's me time. Now I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm, I play video games. That's me. It's so easy to fall into that pattern and forget, no, it's God first, and then it's my family. Make time for them, and then it's my job, and then it's my desires. How do you love God with all your strengths? Last week, Pastor Kenny shared this verse. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful grace. What can you do to love God with all your strength? Use your time and your energy to invite a friend to come know Jesus. Invite a friend to come to church. We have these beautiful invitation cards all around the room for our next series. Take some. Use some of your time and your energy to say, come with me. Come hear about Jesus. Come see how God is changing my life. And we have something else really cool. We have this sign, a yard sign, amen, 40 days of prayer. And you can put one of these up in your yard. And you're telling your neighbors, I believe in Jesus, amen, I am praying. And they may ask you, well, what's this all about? And say, hey, we're talking about this at our church. How can you hear from God? How can you talk to God? How do you get answers to your prayers? Come and join me. Now, if you do this, you're gonna have to live your life a little bit differently. (laughs) If you're fighting with your neighbor over the property line, that's gotta stop. You may have to keep on top of mowing the grass. I'm preaching to myself here. You gotta water that grass. You can't leave the trash can out in the middle of the street anymore because you want to love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. By the way, for those of you watching online, share this video. Share this on your public page. Tag a friend who needs to see it. Use your time and your energy to love people, to tell them about Jesus. You know, Jesus said, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God when one sinner changes his heart and life. Picture it. In heaven, there's a pitada on the streets of gold. The angels are driving up down the street. They're honking their horns. You can hear it. They're so excited. One person came and their life was changed. Maybe you're that one person. It's not an accident you're here today. God brought you here. Maybe you've been wondering, what is life all about? What makes life have meaning? What is the purpose for my life? Life is all about loving God and loving people. Jesus said, the Bible says God had decided through Jesus Christ he would make us his sons and daughters. This was his pleasure and his purpose. You bring God pleasure. You make God smile. God has always wanted you to be his son or his daughter. Maybe you've been told, nobody wants you. That's not true. 
God wants you. And I want you. I want you to be a part of our church family. God wants you to be his son or his daughter. He's already reaching out to you. He's given you the invitation. You just have to accept it. How do you do that? I'm going to put a prayer up here on the screen. Just a simple prayer. But if this is the desire of your heart, tell this to God. Say, dear Jesus, just tell him, dear Jesus, I want to make you smile. Jesus, I believe you died for me. And you rose from the dead. Tell him, Jesus, I believe. Then just say, Jesus, please forgive me. Please forgive me for my failures. He knows what they are. And if you ask him, he will forgive you. Jesus, please send your spirit to live inside me. If you invite him in, he will come in and you will never be alone again. Jesus, I want to love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. Just tell him that right now. That's what he wants from you more than anything else in the world. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, help us to love you with every area of our lives. Jesus, we want to worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.